Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Martlet Pod. And today's going to be a little bit different. We have a bit of an end of semester special, so we have a very special guest here today, um, the editor-in-chief of the Martlet. So if you could just say hi and give yourself a little introduction. Sure. Hi. My name is Kate, and like Laura said, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Martlet, and I am very excited to be on the Martlet Pod. Uh, I joined the Martlet in January 2018 as a senior or as a web editor, and then I became a senior staff writer, and now I'm the editor-in-chief. I've been in this role since May, and yeah, it's really been a privilege to work with everyone this year. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what like made you want to actually get involved in the Martlet and eventually do the editor-in-chief thing? Was there a specific moment, or have you always kind of been interested in journalism? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Basically, when I moved to Victoria in January 2018, I was immediately drawn to the Martlet just because of the role that they have on campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think right now in our media landscape writ large, there isn't a lot of local journalism or local journalism is really diminishing. Uh, And campus newspapers have really been filling in some of those gaps. We definitely saw that a lot this year. And that's definitely one of the reasons why I was drawn to the Martlet in the outset. Um, And as for why I wanted to be editor-in-chief, I really valued my work as a senior staff writer, but I really enjoyed working with other people. And so in my role as editor-in-chief, I've really prioritized like collaborating with other people and giving people opportunities to co-write stuff because I think that's just more fun and also people can learn from each other. Uh, but yeah, that's what I wanted to do more of is just like really develop that team atmosphere and be a part of it, which is also what I saw from the other editor in chiefs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's great. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about, and it's actually something some of the writers I've talked to over the last couple episodes have brought up, is this very kind of interesting dichotomy of working for a student newspaper in the sense that like, on one hand, you're a bit of a smaller newspaper, but on the other, there's a lot of opportunity for Uh, community connection and just like being able to really work on like a longer feature about a very local issue. I was just wondering if you could talk on that a little bit in your experience with that. Yeah, I always tell people that the Martlet operates out of UVic, but in many ways we're more of a community newspaper than Mm -hmm. a student newspaper. Because like although we write stories about UVic and yes we like Um, if there's something major happening like snow day we're gonna report on it like that's who we serve as as students but we also have a much broader community in Victoria and like I said with local journalism being the way that it is there's a lot of gaps that we're happy to fill being a bi-weekly newspaper we can take that like um, we can take an eagle eye view on issues that are happening locally and we can take that time over like a longer period, usually a week or whatever, Mm -hmm. to really develop those stories. That's what we've seen a lot this year with the uh, coverage of the unhoused community from Alec and Michael. Mm -hmm. And we've also been able to just devote space to that in our paper, devote space to those long form stories. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there any like really specific stories that have stuck out this year that you've been really happy to see or that you've really enjoyed writing or collaborating with? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so many. (laughs) But I think at the end of the day, like I said, a lot of the reason why I wanted to join the Martlet was based on relationships and based on like building a team. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, there's great stories from everyone. So I'm just going to like go through the main people and be like, yeah. So Alec obviously already said the unhoused community coverage, amazing. Uh, There's also a story he did with me about the Canadian Canada Student Service Grant which was the subject of the WE charity. Mm. And that was an investigation that we did from an angle that no one else was doing at the time of like, where is that money going that was supposed to be in grants to the students? So his kind of like poli-sci look and my Mm poli-sci look, we like collaborated on that one. And that was a fun time. Um, Boston continues to write the NSU News Unsettled column and does an excellent job. He's also really developed himself into news more, covering things like, the story that you interviewed him about with mm-hmm. the Trans Mountain Pipeline and the Soquemic people um, and their blockade there. And then Michael has been doing great culture coverage. So has Chris, like finding mm-hmm. these really local positive stories that don't get heard. Like I said, from other outlets don't necessarily have the space to like cover culture. And in the pandemic, that was really important to see mm-hmm. those positive stories come out. Um Mary has written her first feature in this issue, which is awesome to see her like building onto that. Kylie has been growing into like news coverage so much and she's really been like eager to learn. She's done, uh, she did coverage of like two main events that were like protests, one with Mom Stop the Harm and one with Divest, Mm -hmm. which is great to see her take that on. Um, And I'm trying to think if I'm missing anyone. (laughs) I don't want to miss anyone. Obviously you have been doing the podcast and it's been amazing. Chris also did Chris also did the feature on Logan's as right. another example of right. a culture piece that was really good. No one was writing about Logan's aside from like that it closed, aside from us, and also Nexus did a piece. Right. I haven't really seen anyone else like dive into it mm-hmm. and really give like an homage to that to that place. So that was cool. And then in January he's doing another long form about Herman's Jazz Club. Right. So Nice. Yeah, a good kind of variety of lots of things. Yeah. Did How did, like, COVID play into it? I mean, like, I feel like that's been the question I've asked. Like, almost everyone on the podcast is like, oh, yeah. how did COVID impact this? But um, I'm sure it interacted with the newspaper as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. COVID, <laughs> COVID-19, the word of the year yeah. and also, like, the word that brings everyone the most stress and unhappiness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think there's a lot of things we can say about about the pandemic but so I'll talk about it in two ways like Mm -hmm. internally as the newspaper and also outwardly in terms of the community and our coverage of the community um in the community one of our main like most popular articles that got so many hits this year was when MJ covered those parties right so that kind of stuff and being able to also take the angle of like how is this group impacted by Mm COVID-19 has led to a lot of interesting stories that I feel we had like the privilege to cover during what's honestly a historic time. Mm -hmm. We often forget about that but I think that we are really in a historic time and also those stories like I said the culture stories that are really positive that are coming out. In terms of internally We've definitely, a lot of people often forget that the Martlet, as much as we are a newspaper, we're also a business. So we've also felt the hit because we do get revenue from ads alongside student fees. Mm -hmm. Um, Enrollment has stayed high, so we haven't seen a student fee drop. 
but certainly in terms of local businesses, we know that they're struggling. We see it in the community and we see it in that ad revenue aspect. But I think most importantly is our reporters' mental health. Like mm-hmm. you said when we came in to get today, like it's amazing to be doing this live. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are missing that a lot and it's become really hard to like workshop ideas, to learn from each other, to bounce stuff around and to also just like feel like we're all like struggling through various challenges together because we can talk about those just like freely um you just can't have that on a zoom call necessarily and you can't like create those connections on a zoom call Mm -hmm. i feel sad that most of our staff haven't met each other but yeah yeah no it's it's yeah it's a weird time and i think that's like really the only description you can say even though it keeps that's the only thing people keep describing it as but Yeah. Yeah. I also think that we've really, like I said about us filling the gaps, Mm -hmm. we have definitely really done that in terms of just like there being a lack of messaging towards young people. Mm -hmm. The BC government's messaging uh, is largely around families, people with children. And so, uh, for example, a few weeks ago, I made like a quick graphic on Instagram, put up like Rona is back in a big way. And then like it was slide Mm -hmm. through of all the new restrictions. So easy. It took me like two hours but it was shared like so much because there just isn't that um angle of like how is this impacting people that live alone Mm -hmm. people that like want to go home and visit their family for christmas that have been in uni you know so yeah yeah no that's great and kind of segues into another question i have um and kind of just about like how um like engagement works with like student do you have a lot of students kind of like engage with the martlet whether that's through social media or wanting to get involved like has that increased or decreased or does it kind of is it flexible all the time yeah the best way to like support the (laughs) martlet is definitely to just engage with it yeah i tell people like send people that text that's like hey have you read this have you heard of this Mm -hmm. Um, also I've told people before, like if you're on dating apps, send them a Martlet article (laughs) and be like, what do you think of this? A good way to like measure. And then you'll be like, what news do you normally like read? If it's not the Martlet, you know, maybe they're not for you. Um, but anyways, this year we are online, like views are up 50,000 plus compared to last year, Wow, which is amazing, um, to see. I think it's just a testament to like our community support Mm -hmm. so yeah but uh in terms of students like actually engaging with the marlin of wanting to write articles Mm -hmm. i think it goes back to that uh piece around mentorship around co-writing that's a model that i first heard of through like pixar they would like make a junior director co-direct with a senior director right and then build those skills that way um, and that's been really, really beneficial to have people feel like they're not jumping off the deep end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I try not to measure our success by like social media clicks and stuff because it's just not accurate. Mm-hmm. I think the fruit of like, yeah, the best measure of like, are we doing things right is based off the community feedback. So yeah. My email's always open to that. I always want to hear how we could do better. I, I prefer polite emails <laughs> about how <laughs> fair, we could do fair. better, but I'm totally open to hearing that feedback. And I've had some really interesting discussions with people from, like I've met with all the 
ADVA groups, and that's been so beneficial. Mm -hmm. And that's what gave way to, like, the Indigenous focus issue with the NSU. So stuff like that where we're, like, asking people in the community, how can we be better? Mm -hmm. How can we report on, like, what's going on in your world better is, like, hugely beneficial for us. Totally. Yeah. And then do you have any, like, big plans for the next semester or anything you're really excited for? Because we're going into kind of the winter breaks of the Martlet and the podcast. We'll stop for a few weeks and we come back. I know you said we have the Indigenous feature coming up, but is there any kind of big themes or anything else you're wanting to talk about? I mean, the Martlet's always got big, big plans. (laughs) (laughs) We've always got something cooking up. But yeah, to talk about the Indigenous-focused issue, because that's certainly our biggest project, Mm -hmm. that's with funding from the City of Victoria's Community Engagement Grant. Mm -hmm. And that's being led by Boston Lafferty, who is a communications coordinator at the Native Students Union and also a senior staff writer at the Martlet. But yeah, I'm actually stepping out of the editor's seat for that issue. He's doing it all. I'm obviously like happy to help him if he needs help, but he, yeah, will be selecting all the stories. Indigenous people will be paid for that work, their work on those stories, and we'll have an Indigenous artist doing the cover. So it's a really great like collaboration, and to my mind, it's the first time an issue, like a newspaper issue, has been entirely produced and made up of Indigenous stories mm-hmm. in our city is massive so i'm super excited to have that come to fruition in terms of our other projects i think just yeah continuing to build up this podcast that's been a new thing this fall that's been cool to work on continuing to build up our newsletter um and also just keeping a closer eye on online classes and those different dynamics that we've seen Mm -hmm. in the fall in terms of like our coverage moving forward I also wanted to ask, and I know we've kind of touched on this before, but I was just wondering if you had anything else to add on just the importance of local news and university newspapers. I think sometimes there's the idea of, like, why do we need local news when we have, like, mainstream news sources that are really easily accessible? And, you know, those are super important. But I was just wondering if you would add anything on this conversation. Yeah, I... I'm biased, but I think local news is incredibly important. Our current, like, online world, when I look at my Twitter feed or, or Reddit or whatever, it seems so messy mm-hmm. these days, and it can be hard to follow and keep track of what's actually going on in your community, which is what arguably affects your life the most. Even if we are writing about things affecting the federal government, you know, the Martlet is always writing stuff with, like, how does this affect UVic students I'm always asking myself this question so when people tell me like oh why do I need to read the Martlet Mm -hmm. I just read like either another local outlet or a more like mainstream broader outlet Mm -hmm. and I'm like honestly that's great like I don't think there's anything wrong with reading other outlets I want to make that really clear and I think that we're like Alec and MJ said I love how they said we're really lucky in Victoria to have competing outlets Capital Daily has been doing great work recently under their new editor who we I met with last week mm-hmm. um, and so yeah in terms of the role of the Martlet in like the local news mediascape in Victoria specifically that's like like what I said before is like why it's more broadly like important to listen mm-hmm. to local news to like because it impacts your life but in terms of like Victoria specifically we've got Victoria Buzz um, 
Vic News and its affiliates like Saanich News, Obey News, everything else. Mm-hmm. And then Capital Daily. Sometimes the Taiyi will swoop in and like write stories about Victoria too. We've also got some great reporters with Indigenous mm-hmm. that are working here. They are very under-discussed and underrated. I think they're doing great. Um, I'm, Yeah, so within that scape, though, the Martlet is, like, the main one covering UVic students, the main one with that, like, younger person angle, mm-hmm. I would say. And then also just, like, we are able to produce the biweekly newspaper. I forgot about the Times columnist, <laughs> but they also produce, like, a newspaper, but... Yeah, through the, like, bi-weekly element of ours, like I said previously, we can definitely take that, like, longer look at issues, mm-hmm. which really helps us dive into something and often, like, supplements other outlets' coverage really well. Um, I've been, it's been really interesting talking to, like, all these writers and just, like, hearing about, like, the process. And as you've kind of brought up that one story with um, Alec and Michael, it was it was so interesting, especially Alec just talking about how... Um, yeah, just like connected he's become with the unhoused community and just like very cool to kind of just hear about like the amount of thought and like respect that went into like writing a piece like that. Yeah, totally. That's really important for us. And again, it speaks to like why we need local news. Mm -hmm. As well with the Martlet, it's important to remember like all of our funding is from student fees. Mm -hmm. Pretty much like we do have alternative revenue sources for sure but that's certainly the majority and um for me it's just amazing to watch how we can take like what honestly isn't a lot of money and transform it into like a bi-weekly newspaper that's distributed throughout our community with like amazing writers on the ground um I think like in terms of local journalism moving forward there's no reason why we have to be doing like that laptop journalism Mm -hmm. um from like yeah, I guess laptop parachute journalism, basically. <laughs> but um, yeah, Alec has really like exemplified the strengths of being more intentional about your reporting and relationship-based. That's also a perspective that he shares with the people in the rest of the newsroom and why I hired a lot of them <laughs> because they also shared those values yeah. of like not just saying, okay, here's what's happening today, even though there's value in that, other outlets do that Mm -hmm. and our gap that we're filling is like okay here are people in this community that are being affected by the pandemic and the worst year our globe has like (laughs) experienced in like a really long time here's how that's affecting people in Victoria and here's their stories yeah no that's great definitely feels like yeah feeling a niche like you said kind of (laughs) feeling the whole um is there anything else you're wanting to cover or talk about Mm, I think I've spoke to like the collaborative and relationship based Mm -hmm. model or like approach that I try to use but I didn't say like my three goals for my tenure which I talk about often with the (laughs) staff but I think it's good for like the public to know so because we always say as journalists like hold your institutions accountable but it's (laughs) like you need to hold your media accountable too and I welcome that so to be transparent about like what our aims are for the new year uh, I want to I'm committing to making our newsroom more anti-racist, more anti-colonial, which starts right off the bat with that Indigenous-focused issue and increasing our relationship with the Native Students Union. And then also making the Martlet more accessible. This podcast is obviously part of that. 
but there's other ways that we can make it more accessible through like making it easier for people to write for us mm-hmm. and through um, making our articles just written more clearly. Uh, last, the last goal that I have for the Martlet in the new year is just to like prioritize the mental health of our staff and to really maintain that as a priority, even if it means an article is going to be in late and we're going to be more rushed or mm-hmm. whatever. Students are under an extreme amount of stress at the moment. So I really want to ensure that being a journalist isn't adding to that stress, even though it is often a stressful job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's 2021, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and if people want to get involved, um, how can they go about doing that? Yeah. You can email me always. I'm always looking to talk to people about how they can get involved in their story ideas, even if they're uh, completely new or they don't have a fully hashed out idea yet. Mm -hmm. In terms of like actually how to do that, if you're feeling, uh, yeah, if you're completely new, honestly, the best way is just like subscribing to our newsletter and joining the volunteer list that we have, Mm -hmm. because then people can get an idea of A, what stories we do tend to cover and B what stories we're still looking for writers on Mm -hmm. and what space I have in the paper I often have to like delay stories that people Mm -hmm. pitch because we just don't have space and so with that pitch list I tell people like okay this is exactly what I what I need right now um and then people can like use that um yeah awesome actually that brings up one thing I did want to ask about is um like how are each like issue formed like how do you go about kind of choosing oh this is the stories we're going to include um these are the ones we're maybe going to wait for a week or two or an issue or two how does that process kind of go yeah I mean it sounds like a simple question (laughs) but that's a very hard question Laura yeah (laughs) um but yeah basically it comes back to that stuff I said around like being relationship based Mm -hmm. in journalism because everyone is going to have a bias in terms of like what stories we cover and how we approach like covering our community um but we've tried to be really like outward and as much as we can with covid in in the community talking to different people even if it's not just for an interview like just texting people that for example like work for a um aid group or or unhoused in Alex's case and just being like hey like what's going on in your world right now not necessarily to like mine stories mm-hmm. but just to have a read on like what's going on in our community and to let people know that we care about what's going on in our community this is also like counter to parachute journalism which is like where it's used to describe like foreign correspondence but basically where like people just like jump into a community mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of what we're seeing now in a lot of ways around like journalists just sitting at their laptops and being like, hmm, I need to write a story about like uh, posters. I'm looking at a poster, so I say <laughs> that. But like, um, I'm going to talk to like X person from poster printing office and then like email them and then like get a comment back and then just post the article. Like with our, like I said, biweekly, we're really trying not to do that. So that's basically what determines what goes in the paper is just what we're seeing writ large Mm -hmm. and what our writers are are pitching back to me from what they're seeing it's a super collaborative environment in Mm -hmm. that way and that we have like first it starts with the story meeting which is where we like 
talk about how the Martlet's doing, what's going on, and what stories we need to cover, and then we'll actually assign stories and go from there. It looks a bit different for volunteers where, like, I'll put out that call for pitches. Mm -hmm. Usually I put it on, like, my Twitter and then on, like, the volunteer thing, and then um, people can pick up those stories that they're interested in them. And then from there, yeah, it becomes the Martlet newspaper through a process of, like, two people editing it, three people copy editing it, and then C, our amazing design director, putting it all magically together into um, an InDesign file and then shipping it off. So, um, Yeah, is there anything else you want to cover or talk about today? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Just like, thank you so much for having me come on the pod and thank you for putting this together every couple weeks. It's been a blast. So yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Of course. So thanks again to Kate for coming on to the show today, as well as all the writers who I've had the chance to talk to over this semester. It's been really great, and I've really enjoyed working on this podcast. I am excited to come back in January, so there'll be a short break till the next episode, but then it will be back with the regular content. The Martlet Pod is produced here on the traditional territory of Wakungan and Wasanich people in the studios at CFUV. You can check out the radio station at cfuv.ca, and you can always check out the Martlet at martlet.ca. Thanks, and until next time, I'm Laura Smith. <laughs>